All right, you fret buzzing people. Today we have a special guest, Alton Aiden. Thanks for coming in today. Hello. With us. Joe's on vacation. Hey, thanks for inviting me, man. You're welcome. This is going to be fun. It's really awesome. awesome. Um, so, topic is evolution. Evolution. <laughs> wow. Okay. Speaking of, I read something. <laughs> check this out. I read something kind of really cool. Uh, you guys know what the, Cap the Capuchin? Yeah, the Capuchin monkey. You ever hear of that monkey? You know the organ grinder monkeys? What? The organ grinder monkeys. You know what I'm talking well, about? Those little those monkeys movies. that grind the organs. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Those things. Yeah. Like, all right. What are you on? <laughs> I'm not wearing the shirt. I want that yeah. coffee. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no, seriously. Just read this article that the Capuchin monkey, right? In There's a certain species in Panama. They said have entered the Stone Age now. Like they're actually, they're using stone tools to you know to to get to food and different things and and the researchers are looking at like is this you know uh, a trajectory for their for the actual you know evolution like are they are primates evolving now it's kind of creepy though to think about that these things are actually like you know using stone tools yeah i, know I remember seeing something remember seeing a while ago where there's and again this is passing i I don't hardly ever sit down and watch TV, but uh, I do remember seeing some kind of program where these monkeys were using rocks to bang on something. There was like this, the vision that I have in my head was this big rock in this forest and these monkeys are taking these stones and banging on them to open like food and nuts and things like that. Right. And they were right, talking right. about just that. Yes. Uh, yes. So. Yeah, monkeys. Monkeys. Gives me hope. <laughs> if they're evolving, I, I might be okay. Right. <laughs> true. This is true. I'm going to be stuck in this ignorant crap I'm in. You know? <laughs> so evolution of the guitar, or at least of your playing skills. So um, I thought this topic would be fun today because um, it's something that I know students have asked me a lot about. Okay, well, as the title of the show suggests, how long is this going to take? Mm. Kind of get good. So it's I thought, gonna take ten thousand hours. Ten thousand exactly. hours. Yes, it's gonna take exactly ten thousand hours. Well, that was, yeah. How was it for you guys uh, in terms of the like getting to the level that you can actually be proficient on the instrument? I'm still working on my ten thousand hours. <laughs> <laughs> He's on seven thousand and ninety. <laughs> right. He has a logbook. <laughs> Damn it! Right. Next right. year I might get there. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first thing when I picked up a guitar, and I, I was like a super late bloomer when it came to picking up this instrument. I think you remember, Tony, I didn't pick it up till like, I think uh, summer going into my senior year in high school. And I, I picked it up because I, I, I saw so many of my friends' bands play. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I have always ideas in my head. I'm like, that, that's why I need to do something like that. So my, my, my brother has a guitar, and that's kind of started picking it up. I think. My, my first thing, I think, was like literally all I wanted to do was learn uh, this Green Day song, uh, When I Come Around and Just Play It Live. I think that was like my was one goal. goal. But then then what happened was I started um, get learning Pearl Jam songs, some other songs, and I started writing my own stuff the next few months. And then, then all of a sudden I'm like, uh, and then I think at, tools 10,000 days album just dropped oh, and i started yeah. getting at that i was like oh my and that toy opened i was like this is like there's so much and i think the i think the the, the going to your point the 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 moment um i knew i became proficient was uh when i i sat down and um i by i learned figured out by ear how to play yellow yellow lead better from pearl jam okay. without looking up tabs or anything i was like at that moment i'm like okay I'm finally at this point. Now what? It's like now I got to pivot, and now I got all this everything in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's you know when, when you go, I think one of the things that um, helps many musicians early is to have a good goal setting practice where you have these goals in mind that you try to get to. Because I know for me this was you know a thing. I I, I, I kind of in a way laugh internally <laughs> when students come to me and say, "How long is this thing going to take?" Because, I mean, unless it's changed with all the new technology out there, I mean, this is probably one of the few musical instruments, I think, that is a very frustrating process oh to gosh, learn. Yes. Like, <laughs> just music, just tonal production from the very beginning. Like, come on, right? I mean, when we were, 
when I was a kid, it was probably like eight, nine, somewhere around there, you know, and I started, I think I remember telling the story once on an earlier episode, I was like on this really big dreadnought style acoustic where the action was at least an inch or two off the fretboard. Right. So, I mean, I spent six months just trying to produce an E, Yeah. you know, that's on the open string yeah. Yeah, and then trying to, you know, produce fretted stuff. But I mean, really when you, when I started to get into the playing aspect and, and, and practicing and playing riffs and, and for me back then it was like sabbath and metallica and learning those you know what i mean like learning those records i mean we're talking years yeah oh yeah it took absolutely. me years absolutely yeah. It, oh, yeah those initial goals of like even just small songs and be able to play them that was like the first inch, that first steps you know um i don't know that there was ever a time when i felt as though i had command over my instrument um, cause it was such a gradual process. I had so many things I was working towards, um, with like starting off with chords. I know that with like for chords and open chords for me, uh, you know, the first step was making sure my fingers weren't touching the backs of the strings. That was, <laughs> that was a pain in my butt. Um, uh, but everything was a challenge for me, especially as I started getting into live situations where, uh, I know that I wanted to be able to do something for a certain show. Uh, for me, I knew that bar chords were nearly impossible. They're so, very hard. Yeah. So for me, uh, I was in a band at the time, and I had been doing some bar chord work, uh, but there, it was just like, it was bad. It was bad. Um, knowing this, I said to myself, okay, well, I'm going to write an original song, and it's going to be purely based off of all bar chords and I'm going to perform it in two months. And that is my goal. I'm yeah. going to be able, I want to be able to get up on stage and feel confident about my bar chords. I want to feel good about it. And that was my goal. So I, I think everything for me was kind of this, this idea of, I want to be able to get up on stage and be happy with my, with my work. Uh, that was kind of my vision and how I approached things. Just kind of made, it kind of forced me to make sure that I put my head down and actually work on things so it sounds good to the audience. Yeah, and and have perseverance to be Absolutely. able to because I mean because that was the big thing for me. Like I I grew up when I was you know I was I was still I, well still in some ways I'm like this. I'm I get frustrated really easily with things I can't do immediately. Right. <laughs> so you know back remember that said, that the guy the tree man the angriest guitar player in the world that oh, yeah, oh my gosh that that was that was me at. 10 you know i'm like kicking my guitar i remember there was one one story where i threw my guitar out the window like a two-story house my sharp bell <laughs> went flying yeah, seriously you know my dad's like what the hell's the matter with you i just can't you know it was over a lick i couldn't get you know i had to you know i had to remember that this is a process it takes a long time yeah, yeah for, I, for your hands okay. to conform to the neck and yeah God. i had a student this week he kind of turned to me after class and was just like this is this is hard. Like, yeah. and I can see the frustration in his face and I'm like, yeah, like this is many, many, many years in the process. There's no way you're going to get this within the next week or two. Like you have to look really long term. Like this is a lifelong instrument for you and you have to make sure that you understand that. Don't get frustrated so easily. This is, yeah. I mean, yes, definitely go through the frustration because that means you're making progress. That means, I mean, that's a good thing. It's good that you're frustrated because that means you're into it and that means you're passionate about it. That's wonderful. But don't let it get to you because it is, it's a lifelong process where you're going to be working on certain concepts for the rest of your life. Like that's, that's like for me for sweeps, I can't sweep for Jack. <laughs> I would like to, but I don't have a reason to. Yeah, I, was I don't have an application. Why. Right. I don't have an yeah, application right. for it. And 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 exactly why. I would like to. Just because I would just, like just to have it in your pocket. Right, right. Just to have it in my pocket and be able to kind of play around yeah. with it if I wanted to. I don't use it in my style at all, but it for the life of me to this day, I'm like, yeah, I keep on showing students how to sweep, and I'm like, yeah, this is how you do it. And I go through the motions, but I'm like, <laughs> there's no way I can be like, check it out. <laughs> and they'd be like, wow, okay, cool. I want to do that too. It's more along the lines of, okay, this is how you do it. Now you do it. And they come back in a couple of weeks, and I'm like, yeah, see. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, don't forget too. Like the pressure's off us now as guitar players. Like in the '90s, that was the thing. Like I remember oh, yeah. this on a previous episode. Like we were in competition with one another to be 
who was more technical. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like th those are awful years <laughs> to be a guitarist because if you couldn't sweep like Jeff Loomis, you sucked. Right. As as an overall player, right? No, that was literally the perception in the guitar community. And I think today it's just you know it's not like that. It's, thank God, it's more about your artistry and and how you can do some you know how you can sort of get into uh, being musical as opposed to being technical. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there's got to be a, there's got to be a use for a particular technique that you're doing because everything you're going to work on will take literally hours to put together. You know, any new thing you kind of bring in will take hours. And I don't know how the new generation is anymore. I, I, I you know, I'm just I'm in a way. At the older I get, I'm becoming far removed from newer guitar players. But I know, growing up. You know, everybody that I, that I was working with, everybody I was around my peers, were playing like si at least six hours a day. At least. Yeah. You're playing on there. I don't know. I could be wrong. Do you think people are playing that much anymore today? Are they putting that much time in? Or do you think it's a, like a different right, thing? Probably, probably less. I think less. Well, that's what, I, yeah, that's um, what I'm assuming. Is, I, I, because I think, I think it's, e it's way easier. It seems like uh, kids are probably, they're probably, I don't, I don't know if they're, as big into, I don't know, Aaron, maybe you could talk about this, but um, I, I feel like it's, it's, it just seems like there's there's free programs like on your phone or like you can just skip for free, they just make beats. So kind of like if a kid can, if that's just like like uh, visually st like stimulating, like you, um, you're, you can basically just make beats just like there. It's like instead of uh, having a physical, you know, instrument and playing that, I feel, I feel like, um, you know, back in the nineties, you wouldn't have that. You'd have this huge like console, probably like you, someone in your family would get you to make beats. You know, now it's just it's so it's all there. I don't know. This is my sense yeah. on it. No, yeah. I, I agree. I think that yeah, with technology today, it's easier to make beats and and it's easier to kind of create things. I mean, nowadays they oh, have the things like Guitar Hero and Rocksmith and whatnot like that, and that's cool. That's oh awesome. my god, yeah. it kind of gets kids and, and people a way to kind of get into it and kind of maybe spark it but yeah having all the students that i've had over the years um i can't say that there's actually too many who sat who, who do sit down and play for more than an hour or two to me that's just crazy i would like you tony when i was young at, especially at that age I would sit down for, gosh, six, seven hours yeah. a night. You know, mom yeah, would tell it you to come down to get <clears throat> food. And you were like, yeah, yeah, mom, I'm practicing. Food can wait. <laughs> yes. And, and that was it. You know, yes. that was that was life. You come home from school and it was straight to the guitar until pretty much you went to bed. That's that's what life was. Um, I don't know that that is possible anymore. Uh mainly because of the way our school uh, curriculum has changed and the testing and whatnot like that. Um, the amount of homework that these kids get these days compared to what we had when we were kids is completely different. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's a different environment. I would say to a degree. Yeah, no, no, no. And, I, and, and I get that. Um, but from what I gather... And sports play, I've kind of said this in past episodes as well, sports plays a little, huge role into it. For me, music was the only thing. Uh, I did run track <clears throat> for many years, um, but music was the only thing for me that I actually had involvement in, whether it was concert band or piano or electric guitar, it was always music. So uh, I, I, think, would, I think that's still there. I don't think that's changed. Yeah, I think there's always like I ran cross country and did uh, other stuff, but I was like, I mean, I I would definitely be downstairs like just just jamming for like three hours, and then my and then I and all, this time I'd just be blasting it like high, just my distortion would just be so obnoxious. So like my basement, my mom would just flick the lights like this. So like, oh, she's trying to say something, and then I had to go up to dinner or something. You know, that's so I, I did the same thing at least in my uh, me growing up. Um, I, I, I feel like I've put in hours, um, and, and be, being in sports and doing all this extracurricular stuff and, um, uh, homework, you know, being connected to having homework that's, you know, 
but Tony, you probably know more since you're your uh, teacher. I'm sure there's there's more. It, you're constantly connected 24 seven now with like homework or something. I'm not, I'm not sure how that, that yeah. is now, yeah. um, but it was sort of going that direction when I was in school. So I knew that was what's going to happen. So like the main thing. And but, just um, jump in real quick. You said, you know, being constantly connected and I don't want to interrupt you, Tony, but being constantly connected, there are a lot more distractions nowadays with yes. Instagram, Facebook, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. everything back in our day that didn't exist. There were no distractions. We wrote letters. <laughs> we use what are those? What is it's, that? There's something called a typewriter. Yeah, yeah. I remember the days when AOL Instant Messenger came out. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I used to hate your little discs. Yeah, like sixty well, minutes like on the screen. You know, yeah, I remember when, I, when we had the State College Studio and Instant Messenger first came out. And I, I gave my Instant Messenger address. That was my jam. Students, right? And every time I'd get on the computer, you get those little boop, those little windows would pop up and they'd fill yep. my screen. I'm, like, I, I'm not doing this. And I hit delete account because I, could, I couldn't keep track of one conversation, let alone 50. But anyway, I wanted to jump in with this because this is, I think, um, being a teacher in a classroom today, um, everything you're saying is really true. But I think we're just kind of just seeing another version of the beast. You know, I mean, when I was, um, when I was in high school, like 1990, through 94 those were my big years of musical development because i knew i was going to berkeley you know and i, I applied to berkeley in 93 1993 as a junior uh i went up for a competition i won third in the country i believe it was mm-hmm. for uh, some piece that i wrote and all this kind of stuff well anyway, my point was that it was important that i played at least eight to ten hours a day so here's how i did it with and I was a good student academically to some degree. I mean, I always, you know, from my past discussions, I've always had a lot of um, love for kind of learning stuff. So it was important that I kind of maintain a good education, that kind of stuff. So for people who are listening today, especially the young ones who are thinking, you're inundated with all this stuff in school, plus the social media and all this stuff. And I want to get good at this instrument, and I need, I know it needs hours. Here was my formula. Here's what I did. And I'm not, I'm not saying it has to be this way, but it worked for me. I got up every morning and don't laugh 4 a.m. on a school that's, day. That's impressive. 4 a.m. Now I'm talking, I'm 17 years old. Okay, so I got up at 4 a.m., clock goes off. And this is how I got into the coffee thing. So I started, I made a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. went up in my room. I had a chair. And I'll forget this chair was like, a, like this old time, um, kind of, it looked like a Victorian high back chair that my grandfather had. And I kept it in my room and I sat on it, had a really nice, kind of comfortable back opened up my, my technique book and started working on chromatic warmups. And I would do that for about 30 minutes. Okay. And then I'd go into some other things, whatever I wanted to do. And I would play for two hours. So from four to six, 6 AM, get ready for school, head off to school. Okay. So now, now I'm at school and I had to find some time during the school day to put some practice time in. Luckily I was in jazz ensemble and stuff. So I had, I just was fortunate enough to have like a 30 minute block in my school day that would go into the band room pulled ES-335 off the wall or something and just jam and play. And for me, like, we'll, we'll address this another time too, but I never looked at my practicing as jamming. You know, for me, there was an intention to practice with purpose, you know, and I was, I always had a certain thing in my brain saying, I have to accomplish this um, exercise or technique now. Okay, so I put like a half an hour in there. Then I would go home, probably, I don't know, it's like on an average day, uh, play for an hour as soon as I got home without any kind of breaks or eating or anything, then I go off to band practice or jazz ensemble practice, right? And whatever I had to do. So I'd be home like at seven o'clock. I would pump out my homework from like seven to eight and I would make sure I would do this. And I would play literally from eight to 11. And that's when I did that every single day for about two years. Two years. Yeah. Two years. Now that talk, that was discipline for me. Like I looked at it like if I were a martial artist, you know, and I want to become a seventh degree black belt. It takes discipline to do that. That for me, that was guitar for me. That was it. Like, this is my, this is my discipline and I will do it. Now, I don't know where I learned that, that, that sense of structure, but I just kind of felt that was what needed to happen. And I didn't know any better. Um, But strangely enough, it, it produced results. I can't see students doing that today. Can you? Like the students I teach in high school, I can't see them. But I, I could be wrong, and I should make that generalization, right? Maybe there, maybe I, some people are into swimming or they're into uh, other sports or something, and they discipline yeah. themselves to work that hard. All the power to them. But in terms of guitar, you need something to take you beyond an hour a day. 
You can't. And there, I hear a lot of players say to me all the time, too, like I'm sure you guys have heard this, you can practice wrong and you spend a lot of time practicing wrong. I'm not so sure I agree with that. I'm not so sure I agree with that. I think if, if you structure your practice time um, and, and do it in such a way where you're, you're moving beyond a two-hour mark daily, you're going to see some degree of results. And let's not forget one other thing, too, before I lose this train of thought, that there's something weird about progression or evolution of your guitar work where you're in plateaus. That's how it was for me. Like my teachers used to oh, say to oh, me yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. They would say to me all the time, to get good is easy. To get even better and fine tune it is really hard. So that you make that first initial jump from being shitty to being like really good. That doesn't take long at all. That actually happens. It seems overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, one day I remember that happened to me. One day I just woke up like I can actually play. <laughs> Where, how did that happen? You know. But then to fine tune or to get to that next level takes a lot of a lot of time and dedication. And I, I don't know why that is. I just think it's just any skill. Yeah. I think that there are people out there who have that. Um, I mean, you have to think. You were entered a competition and you were third in the nation. So you have this drive at an early age. Unlike many, 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 many others. So to be able to try to find another that has that passion is going to be very rare. I mean, it's just going to be very rare. Um, it doesn't happen on a, you know, on a wide scale where you learned that discipline. I think that's an internal thing. Um, I don't think that you actually learned that. I think that's just you as a person. Um, there are yeah. people in, you know, in my student base that, you know, there's definitely that determination. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't see it like the way I would like to see it. Um, but nor I, I, and I don't think they can change that. That is something that is set in you as a human being. And you kind of have to go after that. That's gotta be your goal. I have had a couple, I can't say that, that, that I haven't had any, um, but that determination, it, it goes along this whole thing that I keep on saying over and over again is, is that, you know, if I have a full roster of students and I have a hundred students, I'm going to say that probably five to 10 of them are actually good students. Those are the ones who are actually going to, you know, focus and play their instrument on a daily basis for more than an hour or so and really get into it. it most people look at the guitar as a hobby or recreational yeah. thing in addition okay. to yeah. all of the other things that are involved they're involved in life that's just the way it is yeah, like something, a, yeah. so, something for me very hard to understand over many many years but i mean i because i have a passion for it i want everybody to have that comes in my door i want them to have that same passion oh yeah i okay. get it i understand that there's life and they have other interests in their life but uh, sometimes that's hard to sit down and assess <laughs> Well, as a man, there's so many things I want to touch on, but like what you're uh, to kind of piggyback off you, Aaron. Um, I feel like I, I think the first the first instrument I I, I uh, played was piano. So like, as one of those things where you know when you're like in elementary school, your parents like you know I think everyone did that at some level. It doesn't matter. It's not a generational thing, but like you know, oh, I do piano lessons. I remember in middle school, I, I picked up. Uh, it wasn't a trumpet, it was a cornet. I didn't realize it was a cornet because I was like, why is mine all squished up? What the hell? <laughs> I, I didn't realize, oh, there's a difference because uh, I was borrowing a family friend's name. But anyway, I, I end up, um, I think like once I got to middle school or something, uh, I think I, I, the, I think the, 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 the teacher realized I wasn't putting hours. I just didn't want to do that. But then I picked up guitar on my own because I had a passion for that. So there's something to be said about that. You have that drive. Mm -hmm. And then, um, man, so that, that was really, I, I, I mean, I can't imagine. That's such like a impressive, I, I mean, you're saying you woke up at four. I was probably playing video games at 4 a.m. or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's like only, I only had time to, after like, like school or something, I would put in just all the time, like when I got back. Once I got back, I just plugged in. Just went away at it, um, but then throughout the day, I'd be listening. I in between classes, I still, I still be kind of engaged to the point where you know, I, I knew that you know, I couldn't 
I couldn't, you know, play my guitar or something in between classes, but I would be engaged. Like there's some music I wanted to listen to, um, and uh, kind of open, have some ideas before I, and then I kind of set that tone where like I had a, there's certain um, uh, artists I listen to, and then that kind of like, you know, what kind of ideas can I, what kind of things should I work on uh, as a, uh, um, what kind of ideas can I come up with on the guitar? Like what kind of techniques should I improve on when I get back home? And then like, yeah. boom, 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 three, four yeah. hours. And that is how I worked. Um, Which is just as great. I mean, if you listen to our, you know, conversations we had in past episodes, we talk about, you know, active listening is a particular kind of practice routine. Like you're actually learning musical techniques by listening and absorbing what other people are doing. And when I was 16 and 17, though, my angle was like more like I want to, to have complete command as a technician over the strings. What do I need to do to get there? So I was just like crazy with it, you know? But Aaron had touched on the fact, he said it was kind of internal in me. I think ultimately the byproduct of that is yes, right? But you gotta remember something, and it's probably why I'm the kind of teacher I am today. I had a teacher, and I, I love the guy to death, um, but his approach was very deconstructive very downputting like and it worked it was effective he was the guy like you know in i think in military they say kind of dressing down is the idea okay um he would sit me down and i'd play something like really hard that i'd be working on all week and goes all right all right what do you think is that a, is that good and and i was like holy shit this guy's for real you know i worked four hours on this thing yeah all right you, you could do better like that was his approach and i'd be like oh and i gotta go home and i gotta why why is this not good enough for this teacher and i think the reason and and strangely i it, i did see results with that me personally mm -hmm. as, an, as an instructor i i was the other way you guys know because you guys have both seen me with students over the years i was always you know encouraging even if something a student didn't do something that i thought was good i'd be like okay yeah but i think you need to do this now you know like because i always found that to be better but yeah, I think the yeah. that rigorous practice routine I've come up with was maybe a byproduct of that dressing down from teachers that I've had over the years. You know, no, I, and I I I kind of do that as well. I'll definitely have a student. I know that they've been working on something, and I'll kind of let them go through their process because I don't want to be like, nope, stop what you're doing. It sucks. You need to start here, and you need to do this. Uh, forget what you're doing. Uh, no, I I. I try to let them go through their process and then I kind of say, okay, well, I know you're, you've got this approach, especially with picking, um, with the right hand or sometimes left hand technique. It doesn't uh, either, or I'll find that they're in some kind of bad habit. And rather than telling them to just stop what they're doing, um, I'll try to say, okay, look, I know that you've kind of incorporated this into your playing pattern. Um, just try to think about doing this as in addition. And I know it's not going to come easily, but at least start incorporating this into your practice routine and, and it'll get easier and easier over time. There's many different kinds of ways of teaching. Um, and some ways are, some approaches are, are very good. Some are not. Um, I see it on a daily basis where I teach. I, there are definitely ways that I see it. I'm like, that's just, that's not getting through to the student. Um, it, 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 it is, it's, it's a product of who your teachers are and how that rubs off on you and then how you kind of internalize it. And then later in years, how you kind of, you know, re-spit it back out to your students. It's funny when you said the picking thing, for those who are listening on the RSS feeds that we have, you know, um, I'll just say this, when Aaron mentioned picking, all three of us just shook our heads up and down like we get it. Because, because I'll tell you, that's the one thing. Even my teachers told me this, and people who are listening today realize if you feel this way, you're not alone. Okay, yeah. picking is something you have to work on daily. Oh, if oh, you do not sure. work on oh picking gosh. techniques every day, you will know if you have a day off. Oh my, like you're, you're right, right? Your right hand feels it. Like if I, if I work on picking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, take off Thursday, by Friday, everything you put in Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is gone, or oh, feels yeah, sloppy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, other techniques like legato left hand, you can build them and keep them for years and never have to worry about maintenance to some degree. But, but when it comes to right hand control, man, that's gotta be a daily workout. It has yeah. to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I remember, oh my God, when I, this was a long time ago when I first picked it up. I remember when um, a friend of mine taught me how to do alternate picking <laughs> and that's just changed. Cause at that point I was just doing down, down strokes, strokes. James, and I, I can't, like I can't, <laughs> 
I can't, I can't imagine that now I have this thing where I kind of do like a hybrid like picking. I use my uh, two, three fingers here and I do that without even thinking that twice like a natural uh, thing. Um, but I still remember like I, I at the, it's like when a, I forget which song it was, it was, it was a song off uh, System of Down that was just come out their last two albums, the Mesmerized, Hypnotized thing and the Mesmerized album had some song. I was playing all Rageous Machine, all this like heavy did tuning down in D, that kind of thing. And then I remember when I did the hybrid picking, I was like, oh, that's just like the whole arpe arpeggiation, all that stuff. Um, I was just, uh, that just kind of changed my whole, um, um, that just kind of progressed me a lot. Yeah, you've evolved. Um, you've that's evolved. huge. You know, I remember when you when we, you and I used to work together back in the <laughs> college days, everything for you was single finger down to and drop D stuff, right? <laughs> And he actually told me to go back to standard. You're like, yeah, like, hey man, it's, it's, back it's cool. Yeah, it's cool, but I think you need to learn uh, what's going on and stuff. Yeah, you should and, first. Um, <laughs> but you know, work. Well, with actually, I, yeah. Well, I, I, I remember a pivotal moment uh, in one of those lessons, Tony, was um, musicality wise. Was uh, when um, uh, you saw I was going a certain direction. I fear what happened, but you're like, hey, you know what? You should you like this band? You should check this out. And you show me. Um, so real from jeff buckley oh, yeah. that oh, that literally was like a one of those like pivotal moments and i was like i'm like it, it sounds like you know these these crazy chords yeah, i don't know what the hell he's things. playing it's just the voice things i just it just kind of went in my head and i'm like oh these are cool and i started doing these weird uh kind of open chords that sounded like slightly dissonant that's when i started really messing up that stuff i was like this, this adds so much color and just because a chord sounds like you know kind of like depressing or something like that, then the lyrics are like, you know, uplifting. And there's like that, that whole musical artist, the art, the, that, that musical, um, it, there's so much, I just realized that's opened my, the doors to everything um, musically. What, you know, it's not just the, oh, this is like heavy. It's gotta be like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Sledge heavy sledgehammer thing. You know, you can have some, you put Finesse. nice lyrics to it. Yeah. Why not? It's possible if you do it right. And I'm like, that was like, holy crap! That's that's incredible. I so, think I think Chuck, Jeff Buckley's Grace is an album every student should have in his or her I, library. I totally agree. That the whole album, the, the all the songs are yeah. just I pretty much hit on every genre except for, maybe except for reggae. Well, just I, I mean, I just harmonically, <laughs> I mean, like you know, if as a guitarist, right. Um, and Jeff Buckley was not really a guitarist, so to speak. I mean, he played guitar, but everything he That's did so complemented what he was doing. So, he was more of a songwriter. But I think what was cool is if you want <laughs> like a lesson in how chord voicings can be weird but beautiful – and expansive yeah. that's the record to listen to you know i, I think well, that's, that's why so many people like the hallelujah cover which is which, which by is the way is not cover. a christmas song i gotta go on record and say this now okay what please <laughs> stop playing that song for christmas okay <laughs> it, hallelujah by leonard cohen is not a christmas tune <laughs> listen to the crazy. lyrics yeah I'm it's not, not a christmas song i'm surprised that anybody would think that's a christmas song like, oh my god i, I, have, I, I have this christmas channel on like on like i was at pandora <laughs> You know, like when it plays rotation, and that song comes on the radio constantly. And my my daughters will go around and sing Hallelujah. I'm like, do you guys? Okay, first of all, my kids are too young to listen to that lyrically. But when they listen to it lyrically, they quickly realize it is not a Christmas tune. So people, please stop putting on your Christmas rotations. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Do you notice I've turned my pillow around? Aaron? No, okay. I haven't. Look seen at it. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Thank, bring thankful back. <laughs> bring thankful back. I'll get some heat for that tomorrow. Uh, yeah, in terms Sorry, of like your, your picking patterns, you know, one of the biggest things that I talk about with my students to get them to kind of realize with their right hand is this idea of, you know, because everybody who comes through the door, including me, who at a young age was like, no, it's, you know, I'm, I do down picking. That's what I do. You know, this is, <laughs> this is it. I do down picking. That's, that's, no, 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 no. Ultimate picking is not cool. I'm doing down picking. I, it feels comfortable to me and I'm just going to down pick everything. And that's, I get it. You know, I had that same attitude, but it isn't until I take them through the speech of, you know, imagine yourself playing one day, a three hour show and you're playing at the minimum a hundred shows a year and you're down picking everything. And then I kind of get them to play as fast as they can at a downstroke. Let's just take our bottom E and let's just play it as fast as we can. And then I kind of grab their shoulder and say, 
feel that tension. And now let's just keep <laughs> on going for a minute. And then, no, 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 don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Let's play. And they're like, oh, man. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to stop. Like, keep going for a full <laughs> minute. And that tension just builds. And I'm like, yeah, now imagine that three hours from now. You have yeah. to get used to this process of kind of using the upstroke to your advantage. Every time you go down, you have to come up. So use that oh, yeah. up, use that up motion. Uh, and then this light bulb kind of goes off and like, oh, but I like to down pick. It's my way. And I'm like, yeah, but not anymore. So, uh, yeah, everybody kind of has to, no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, chords or or certain techniques, we as teachers have to go through this process of opening people's minds up to new ideas and helping them through that process. Because we, all of us, are stubborn. I mean, we are. We get <laughs> set in our ways. I'm and the worst. And, 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 we all are. We we get set in our ways, and it's very hard to be able to hear somebody, even though it's somebody that we respect. It's hard for us to take that advice and be able to say, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to try to incorporate this. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to focus on this." That is so hard for us to do, um, but it's so important. Yeah. It's so important for us to be able to do that. Well, I was going to ask you guys something. Um... Uh, have you ever just like, like just stepped away from like like playing an instrument for like a week, just take a break? Um, I've I've like um, when I went, uh, I went this like shit, this like five years ago. I went a road trip up to a music festival up in the uh, from like Southern California up to Washington State at this place called the Gorge, and there was like a three day music festival. And um, I didn't have an instrument, but by the time I got, you know, you know, road trip, I didn't have like anything there, which I, by the time I got to, I, I listened to all the music and I got back home, I had so many um, ideas. I felt like I was refreshed. Like I didn't focus on like, I think so the, your, your mind is just like, uh, you just kind of get comfortable without knowing, um, you know, I'd be used to doing down two downstrokes and upstrokes, something like that, if I'm playing a riff. And then um, I wouldn't think of doing some some other. I wouldn't change anything up. But then, like, I come back and I start come up these other ideas and start using kind of like finger picking other things I wouldn't have done naturally. I think it was because I kind of had a uh, I broke the some something like I had a I had a mental break. Yeah, I don't know if you like, guys like. Well, yeah, I that actually helped me a lot sometimes. You know. Yeah, I think what happens is the ear has this kind of loop effect where you just become like in a way you become sort of saturated and it becomes um, like you become used to just kind of hearing the same kind of stuff over and over again. And and then you kind of go yeah. into patterns and do the same kind of things um, in terms of taking a break. I, this is going to sound crazy to answer your question. No, really? in the early days. No, no, no. We'll go oh, I, well, I, yeah. I can so imagine. Like, we're talking like uh, age of 16 through 21. Okay. I played every single day without a break. Never stepped away from it. If we went on a summer vacation, I took the guitar with me. Okay. Uh, if I stayed over a friend's house, I found a way to take like one of those little mini practice guitars, like this kind of <laughs> kind of thing, and, and I, that's how I did it. 22, 23, 24, I got more into composing. I had to distance myself from the guitar because I found my early compositions very much sounded like a guitar player tried to do an orchestral piece. Okay, so that, that's so what I, I meant had to, from, yeah, from I, a songwriting I had, standpoint. From a songwriting yeah. standpoint, I had, I had to create distance from the guitar because like, my writing was based on mechanics. Like literally, you'll hear, like even on the early, like last, last week in the episode, we mentioned that um, Season and Sorrow record I cut in 2003. Even that, mm. you know, like it's guitar driven, but much of the stuff you listen to the whole record, um, like the decisions musically I made sounded more like I picked the guitar up and just started moving my hands in patterns. And, and I wanted to get away from that. When I got into composing pretty heavily, I was like, I can't sound like my music can't sound like it was written like a guitar piece. It has to, it has to have dimension right. beyond guitar. So th that was, that was really hard for me going from like a purely everyday practice regimen into creating some space and taking a couple of weeks off in some cases. Right. And I went through a weird period too, where I didn't actually didn't play for like a month. I just got burned out that's a whole other story but you know I, I put it away for like a month 
and came back to it. And, and I found that I was like, well, why not even do that? Because now I got to like come back and, and, and sort of build my muscles again um, on, the, on the instrument. But from a writing standpoint, yeah, I, I definitely think um, you, you could play too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's How about you, Aaron? I found, found some benefit from that. Um, yeah. I mean, there have been times when I have walked uh, in my later years walked away from the instrument only because something else piques my interest uh whether mm -hmm. it's the bass or maybe it's actual songwriting um and then when i walk back come back to the guitar sometimes um it kind of flows a little bit better i think sometimes when i'm in it i'm focused focused a little bit too much on certain aspects or it's hard to kind of remove myself from the, uh, the certain situation that I'm in. And then yeah. to be able to kind of take a break and kind of clear my mind and come back to it. Sometimes I feel as though, um, for me, um, I know that I've taken a couple days off. So going back into it, I kind of have this WTF kind of feel, um, I know it's not going to be technically proficient or anything like that. So I kind of just kind of jump into it. And sometimes uh, it feels good. Sometimes I'll come into it and I'll have something come out and I'm like, whoa, you know, that's kind of cool. I never would have felt that because uh, I have this kind of whatever kind of attitude. Uh, and I know that it's not technically good. And that's OK, because I know within a couple of days I'll be back to where I was. Uh, so I personally, me, I think it sometimes is is good to take a break maybe here and there. Uh, but that's that's for me. Yeah. I can't say that's for anybody else. That's just a personal thing uh, that sometimes I know that when I walk away and I come back to it, I do feel refreshed and I do have this ability to kind of just say whatever. And it may be a little bit sloppy, but, you know, it, it does feel good. It's not for, I mean, I'm not saying it's like forced, you know what I mean? It's It's kind of like. I literally like like Tony. You know, I, I I went on like vacation, just like family or something, and I'm like, I mean, I, I probably need to get a ukulele or some something. You know, that would be I probably will brought a ukulele or something to to mess around with. But yeah, I didn't. I don't. I'm not gonna bring my like electric gu guitar, my my 25 watt Johnson amp, and get evicted from a hotel yeah. or something. Yeah, I'm I'm not. It's like I was, but but um, it's kind of it's kind of like oh well, and I'll just I'll just you know I'll just um. I still, you know, think I still think I'm still I, I I still like I go back I have a bunch of voice memos that I record and I tell you you know I I send you some stuff every once in a while yeah right right um have these ideas and I I listen back to old ideas or stuff I made last week as kind of let that simmer in my head so I'm not like totally detached but I'm I'm, I'm detached from uh uh when I'm on the guitar and thinking of of, of songwriting I kind of detach that that part. I think oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm physically cool. having this in my hand. I was kind of thinking just uh, just from a whole musical uh, co composition standpoint, yeah. like what, what could be, what can I put a, a layer around behind it? What could be put in front? It should just be um, like like bass heavy. Is, yeah. is a guitar going to be layered behind everything? You know, just yeah. That's, that's so I still am active in, in that sense. I'm like I'm not gonna. I, I can't imagine. Okay, I'm gonna say I can't take a total break. It's I think it's impossible for me to take a whole total musical break. I think that's just how when I wake up, I always think of things. So that that's always there. I always I'm always thinking of ideas. So I never really take a break per se. I guess. Yeah. I yeah, know. I'm not taking yeah. a break. Yeah, I know there was a time for me when I went to vacation. I went to Florida one time, and I couldn't take my guitar with me. So I just brought all my notes with me. I brought all my, you know, everything that I had worked on to that point. I was at the mo at that time working on an album. So I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm going to take all of my stuff, and I'm going to organize it, and I'm going to write it out so it's actually organized. I'm going to take this time that I know that I have a break, and I'm going to get to all the stuff that I've needed to get to because I've been so immersed in my guitar playing. Now this gives me a time to kind of break away from the technical aspect of it and kind of organize my notes and write things down and listen back to it on the beach and kind of analyze what's going on and, and then write some more stuff down. It kind of gave me a way to say, okay, I can't pick up the guitar uh, and now my focus needs to be on my composition and things that I can kind of play with harmonically and things like that. It was a good opportunity for me to just say, okay, 
I know I can't pick up my instrument. What am I going to do with that time to the best of my ability? Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of a cool, that's a cool situation to be in, to be honest. Like, it sounds like, oh, I can't do anything. But like, you, then you start thinking outside the box and then you get really creative, I feel like. You start thinking of other uh, avenues and other, I don't know. You know, so I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, as an older musician now, <laughs> you know, we, I, see, I see where all this training and all this practice time I've put in for two to three decades has led me to the very things you guys are talking about. That's about sort of the conceptual, um, you know, uh, hearing things, hearing multiple angles of music. When you sit down at your guitar, your guitar literally is an instrument through which your musical ideas come out. And you yep. can think in, right, okay, I get all that. But I think for those players out there who are legitimately committed to becoming proficient on the instrument, which is kind of what I think today is about, um, I think there has to be a certain level of, can we get to a point where we're always refining our technique? Uh, and I think that I, I would have to argue and say, yes, I, 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 I'm still in love with a certain aspect of being a guitarist. Right, much the same way that like a classical violinist would dedicate all of his or her time to mastering that instrument, in, in a sense. Like, let's put it this way: I don't go to a lot of shows anymore, um, you know, for a lot of various reasons you guys know about. But like, you know, when I do go and I see somebody play, my ear kind of goes immediately to how their fingers hit the board, and I can tell within minutes if they're a tight player, if they're a sloppy player, um, if they're in command. I can even tell in their vibrato, right? Um, how much command they have over the string, and therefore I can tell, you know, how their tuning is gonna is gonna work. You know, um, like for instance, uh, I wrote and something I wrote, I think it was maybe in one of the blogs put on on there, uh, on the website that Steve Kimock, uh, guitarist who's really into tuning uh, procedures, um, writes about this thing one where he says the guitar is really out of tune, and if you really want to produce accurate tuning, when you're pressing a fretted note down, you push, look with your finger, literally push the string towards the bridge. And like with a microtone movement, you actually hear the string dip like a microtone, but it goes in tune. Guitar players don't really think about this kind of thing. They smack the strings. And you guys realize, too, the harder you hit a string, you're bringing, you're bringing the string below the fret space, which means you're bending it a little bit. So if you're not careful with technique a lot, that the overall sound effect is that you're out of tune, you're sloppy. So my point is that I think the first step to being really good and commanding your guitar is being aware of how your fingers hit the board. And, and I, I, I dedicated years to this kind of thing. Um, and I'm sure you guys, the, the, the more you get into this, you know what I'm talking about. Like you could, you can watch a guitar player and, and, and know how much they practice mm -hmm. by, by listening to them. Right. You, oh, yeah. you, you could, you could see they're, 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 they're just kind of, some, some guys are great. They're fluid and they're smooth and they're really put together. Other guys are really blocky and, and, and they, they feel sloppy around the edges, you know? And, and so I, I just think it's a matter of, uh, for me, that process never stops. You know, you could be both. I, I think you could be a technician and dedicated to your instrument and be a writer and a musician and kind of put them together. But they all take, they all take hours <laughs> oh, yeah. know, and, and discipline. You yeah, know? I think what I, going back to what we were talking about in the beginning and, and the whole 10 hours thing, or I'm sorry, 10,000 hours thing. I think that once you achieve those 10,000 hours, um, not that that actually exists, um, but I think once you do achieve those 10,000 hours, that there is a sense of command over your instrument. And I know for people like Alan Holdsworth or Jeff Berlin or Vic Wooten or any of the, one of these guys who are just amazing at their instruments uh, and they've said as much, they don't practice daily anymore. If at all, they just kind of know their instrument and they think more, musically they think more compositionally and this whole technique thing is not their focus anymore it's more along the lines yeah, of how sure. to speak with their instrument so i do i do i think the ten thousand hours and putting your time in is extremely important and how you go about those ten thousand hours is extremely important you don't want to do ten thousand hours over 20 years time 
you want to do 10,000 hours in five years time in three years time. That's right, extremely concentrated. Yeah, absolutely. You want to right. get to that point where you feel that you've had your fingers on this language and you know, uh, you know how to make your instrument produce that language. Um, that's extremely important. Uh, and then once you get to that point where you feel as though you know this language well enough on this instrument, yeah, it's, it, you can take you know, another 10,000 hours and learn it on the piano or the coronet. Um, <laughs> you, you can go through that process and kind of build that up a little bit more, absolutely. Uh, but I do believe that once you get to a point in your, pro in your practicing that you kind of get this ability to be able to um, kind of just concentrate on speaking the language rather than actually using your instrument to, use, to do that. You know, I'd love to see somebody put 10,000 hours on a flutophone. I want to see a flutophone master. <laughs> What, what is a flutophone? Those recorders that they give you in school. Oh, oh, oh my God. That little thing? Yeah. Come on. You know, there's one guy out there that said, I'm going to master this damn thing. You know? I'm not sure Kenny, Kenny G put God. <laughs> I know Jeff Berlin. Uh, you mentioned Jeff Berlin. He practices every day. You know? Does he still? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he plays every day. And he plays with sheet music in front of him and exercises and different things. And he does it. You know, I mean, I can't speak for him, but having, you know, seen the way he works a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think there are certain guys out there that are still looking at daily practice as it's just your thing. You just never lose it. Right. You know, it's, it's like it's, you, it's just part of your lifestyle. You, know, you wake up and you play. You know, oh, well, Segovia, Andre Segovia, before he died, um, right. he used to talk about this. He would play two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening. That's it. You know, and then, and of course, he'd perform, you know, shows and teach and that kind of thing. But he'd wake up and he'd play for two hours. And before he'd go to bed, he'd play for two hours. You know, yeah. he lived into his 90s. And I remember, you know, like when I was probably like 20 looking at that lifestyle, I was like, that's what I want to do. You know, this is a guy who committed to his instrument for 90 years or 80 years. You know, he died a guitarist. You know, yeah. How great is that? You know, yeah. Yeah, I, there are definitely many different kinds of musicians out there. Um, and there's no one better than the other. It's just yeah. how you incorporate music into your life and how you love it and live it. It's um, There's no right or wrong. There really isn't. Yeah, and, and I think and I, something I, I even kind of wrote about uh, not too recently, that you know when students come in, they say, like, how long will it take to get good? I, I really do tell them, I said, that's the wrong question. Mm. You shouldn't be thinking about how long it's going to take. I mean, you know, where are you right now? And, and kind of get into where you are right now and, and learn what you can. Because before you know it, you're playing. You know, I mean, think about, you know, all the lessons you guys have taught or les lessons you have taken. I, I know for me, it literally, guys, felt like an overnight transformation. It I, I, I don't know how it happened that way. I was like... One evening I went to bed and I had no command. I went, woke up next morning, I played and it was easier. And I'm like, I'm playing, I'm playing. This is really cool. How, how does this happen? That for me, I guess it's just a physiological thing in your body. You just got used to it. The 10,000 hours thing, maybe it happened. But um, if you continually worry about when that step is going to happen, um, and that's just, that's, that's, that's a killer. Yeah. That's you'll you'll never focus. It's wrong focus. Yeah, it really yeah, is. You got to enjoy it. Yeah. You got to enjoy the process. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. True. True. Where Satriani says, you know, at the end of the day, you're making music. Don't forget that too. Mm -hmm. You know, you just can't be all technique and, you know, forget that it's, it's not the fingers, but what's coming out of the fingers. And, and that was a huge lesson for me. I mean, even, even up to a few years ago, I'm still going in that method of like, okay, I'm going to pick something up and write. No, 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 no. I mean, actually you should hear it first, right you know, hear what you're trying to achieve, you know, audiate that and then pick up the instruments and, and, and try to get it as close as you can that way. But for me, I was backwards for, for, for many years. But again, my point is that backwards thinking of like instrument first got me to where I needed to go technically. So it's this weird right. irony. This weird irony. Well, yeah. yeah. So you, you, have to get to this, you, you have to get to a certain point of, of, of proficiency before you're like, oh, what the hell am I going to do with this now kind of thing. And then um, I think like once I got decent enough at the guitar i'm kind of like 
well, there's no way in hell I'm going to be a virtual Swiss player. But I'm like, I'm not interested in that, really. It's See, like, you know. Yeah, I disagree with the first part. I agree <clears> with the second. I think any, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I really do think anybody can be virtuosic. I do believe oh, that okay. the right amount of time. If you wanted to be a virtuoso, you could do it. If you put, the time, you put the time, okay, put, put the time in it and practice the right way. But the point is, would you want to be right? right. Yeah, is that right. your goal? Is that, right. I think that's what I realized. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, and if it's not your goal, then that you know, that's okay. You have to kind of think about okay, if I'm not going to be a virtuoso, um, it's like kind of what I was talking about like last last week. I knew that I, from a young age, I was not going to be virtuosic in my in my playing and that was okay by me i didn't care i hey, why did you feel that way though um why did i feel <laughs> that way because it didn't come to me as quickly as i saw others picking it up that's this is my initial thought mm -hmm. was is that i saw others being able to play the guitar at a much faster and easier pace they seemed to just kind of get it under their fingers a lot easier than i did uh for me it was a long drawn out process i put the hours in but i was not getting the results that everybody else was for some odd reason just my the way my brain was functioning it just didn't work the same way and i was okay by that that was not my that was at an early age that was not my goal is to be proficient and awesome at it because i knew that i wasn't going to be i didn't i knew that the hours that i was spending in it were not going to produce that satriani sound that's so just, so do you do you think then that i mean this is important for students to understand do yeah, you yeah. think do you think that it's possible to practice a lot and you know and and just not become a virtuoso yes okay i can't see i can't see pink floyd being just virtuoso yeah i can't okay. see that i can't i can't see him being steve i i mean i just can't i don't see that in no matter how much you practiced <clears throat> i i can't see that actually happening and that was my i that was my kind of approaches is that I will practice to the best of my ability. I will be as good as I can. And I'm okay with that. I'm happy with that. I'm, I love what I'm producing. I think what comes out of me is awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, right. You know? and, and that's, that's the attitude that I, that I've always had is, is I'm not going to be like those guys and that's okay. I'm okay with that. That's, that's not a problem with me. Um, would I like to be there? No. Yeah. See, I, and that, that's okay. Yeah. No. I I think that I I would I don't would I like to be there? No. Would I like to be a little bit better than I am? Sure. But that doesn't matter. Again, it's it's being happy with yourself as the musician. I agree. And yeah. the Russians, the Russians have the martial artists have a saying that they go through all their work to say, um, never feel sorry for yourself. It's this attitude where, you know, no matter where you are in terms of your proficiency levels and your technique, you can't get down and say, okay, well, that means I'm never going to get any better. You have to accept where you are at the time and keep pushing to just evolve. And for me, I love that approach. I, I absolutely love that, that ideology of saying, okay, like, this is where I am right now and I want to just continue to work and I'm going I'm to I'm enjoy I'm just going to enjoy being the artist I am at this point, you know, and, and not worried about comparing myself to others, yeah. you know, and, and that kind of thing. See, I, I go slightly the other way, though. I think it is possible for any player um, to achieve a certain level of virtuosity. I do. I do. I've seen it. I've seen it in my students. Um, I, I was not a great player out of the gate, guys. You know, in fact, I sucked for the first six years. But when I adopted a practicing method, that really worked for me, then my sort of, it just, the momentum got me there, you know? Mm. And uh, so I, I, I mean, I get, I hear what you're saying, tr uh, truly, I, I get it. I think that there are certain, um, certain styles of attack, 
you know, that, that lend itself to virtuosity, right? Like, yeah, Gilmore is very slow, you know, very, but, but it works for him stylistically, right? But if you take him and let's say Gilmore said, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to adopt a virtuosic playing style. He would get somewhere along, along that pathway. Mark Tremonti, the guy from, uh, Alter Bridge, is yeah, that his? Bridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, he was doing yeah. an interview once, and after he came out of Creed, and because um, when he went to the yeah, first Alter Bridge album, yeah, 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 the first Alter Bridge album, he was like doing some shred work, you know. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. that said to him, said, "What did you do? Because you weren't playing this on Creed." He says, "Yeah." He goes, "I just decided after the Creed days, I was going to start practicing a lot more." And I think he said somewhere like eight, nine hours a day he was playing, and then on the Alter Bridge records, now he's doing like these shred licks. So I think there is a certain degree of you can evolve in 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 technical proficiency no oh matter. for sure where, if you have a vision if you have a like a goal like oh um it kind of goes back in the beginning when aaron was talking about um uh sweet picking and i'm i'm literally same page as you like i think i always wanted to, to learn that be proficient but i never i've never the style i'm in right now wouldn't it really wouldn't work but who knows like if there, there might be a song where i might you know uh, that is like this might uh, this might work if I throw them the sweep and then I, I I focus and I actually put in the time and then get d- good at sweep picking. Yeah, yeah. that could happen. I, you don't know. Yeah, you know, just it could be something. Yeah, I th- like you said, Tony. I think it comes down <laughs> to your practice regimen. I think if you put in the time and have a very good, um, if everything is scheduled and everything is structured on a daily basis for many, many, many hours, uh, and you're focused in all of those hours, I absolutely think that you can and will take your level of guitar playing or any instrument playing beyond where you can even think that you can go. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I do. I think that's, I think that's goes without saying, honestly, I, and I agree with that. I, I, I just don't know that, it probably comes down to the fact that although I was focused, I was not focused enough. Um, I had too many things that I was interested in at the time. Um, whether that was actually just listening to music. Um, cause I just love to listen to music. That's just one of my favorite things to do, especially at that age to sit down with an album, and just listen for hours. Um, or maybe it was composition, maybe because at an early age I was writing, I mean, out of the gut, out of the gate from when I started guitar, I was writing music. So my focus was on a lot of different areas versus just sitting down with my guitar for many, many hours a day and just playing. Now that did happen. I, I definitely went through that process of playing for six, seven, eight hours a day uh, for long periods of time. But I do know that in addition to that, that my focus was on other areas. And maybe had I focused absolutely on the technical um, area, maybe I would have been better. Well, let me say this. Alton, I mean, I worked with you for many years, and I, it's interesting to watch you evolve, right? Aaron, I haven't listened to you play in years because, you know, the time that passed between State College and all that kind right. of stuff. But I listened to that Traveler Loop 16 track oh, yeah, yeah. a couple days ago. And first of all, just awesome track, you know, and, but I was listening to like the little details in your playing work. You have like progressed amazingly as a player since the early days. It's, I mean, just the control, listen to those riffs. Also, if you get a chance, check that track out. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. It's really, yeah, Aaron, you got to send me that, man. Yeah. And, but like, I'm listening to, listen to, listen to Aaron's control and how he hits, hits in the side, the fret spaces and the movement, like everything's tight. I loved it. I well, loved this is gonna be really fun for me because I I don't know how Aaron sounds. So no, no, no. Okay, so I will say this for you and the audience. I will say this straight now, and the reason why I'm a little bit bashful about this is because the Traveler Loop 16 is not what I write in any way whatsoever. Okay. It was a <laughs> project. It was, it was great though. It, it's it was a fun project that 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 I wanted to do. I wanted to get it out of my system. It's complete like, wow. Okay. This is not what I was expecting. If you really want to get an idea of what I write, um, check out, um, the Kairos quintet Mm -hmm. and check out the song Dawn. Okay. 
Um, that oh, would be okay. a much better representation, idea, representation gotcha, gotcha, of what yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, my, in terms of where I was 10 years, a decade ago from now, uh, yeah, I think my technical, the way I approach the guitar is much different. I, from back then when I was playing with you, Tony, I was going through this, this stage of just learn more learning how to play the guitar and yeah. how to approach yeah. my instrument. Uh, I didn't have a command over my instrument like I do now. I certainly didn't know my neck. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now going through, you know, teaching for many years, I have to, um, and I'm very That's aware true. of, I, I have to know where I am. I have to know where all the notes are. I have to know how to build chords. Uh, I have to know what, I have to know what I'm playing. I have to. That way I can kind of teach somebody. And if they have questions about what's going on, that I can kind of portray and tell them exactly what's going on within the music and why I'm getting the sounds that I am and, and how I'm oh, being, yeah. how I'm, you know, attacking the strings or why I'm keeping such a close, you know, this localization, me making sure yeah. that everything is extremely close to the guitar and keeping my fingers specifically focusing on my, my left hand and making sure my fingers aren't coming away from the guitar all the time, especially like these two fingers, always try to keep them hovering over the frets. Right, and right, right, you know, right. when you do press down on the fretboard, make sure that you are just, yes, you have to go through that process of getting the strength in your left hand fingers. Yes, that's extremely hard. And you have to go through that process of maybe even get one of those squeezy things and build up the strength. But then you get to the point in your guitar playing where you actually don't use any strength in your left hand. You're just pushing the string down just enough that you actually make contact with the string or with the fret rather, because if you press any further, like you'd said, you start getting a detuning of the string. You yeah. want to have the command over, right. this, over the guitar. And that's all learned through these many, many, many years. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge lie. Like I said, going all the way back to the beginning, it is a life long never stops journey no it's never. always always evolving i gotta run guys but um i want to thank alton for coming and doing this today this yeah, great awesome. stuff, man. uh alton Love do you have any uh do you have a website or a band website that you'd like um, to up? so you got a i'm in a band never elected uh we got our album uh down too long that's on spotify itunes apple oh, uh, and then my singers get pissed off at me if I don't get the, but they're this on Google play and a couple other platforms. Like you can find it. It's even on YouTube that I think it's, uh, you can find anywhere. Um, yeah. Then, the uh, uh, never elected band, uh, Facebook band camp. Very cool, man. Awesome. Check Very them out. Cool. We will. Awesome. Fret man. buzzers. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gentlemen, we'll talk this week. We will. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Have all a right. good week. Yeah, See have you. a good one. <laughs> See you all later. Yep. I just told my kids to okay. stop jumping before we came down here, and I'm hearing thumping upstairs. <laughs> stop jumping up there! Because like every recording, I listen back to it. Bup, 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 bup. <laughs> we need t-shirts, guys. You know that? We need them. We absolutely need the t-shirts. I actually uh, thought about the one I was going to have. Like, I am buzzing, but I thought it'd be inappropriate. <laughs> Not really. I mean, you know. Well, that's where I wear it. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the class? Yeah, monkeys. Monkeys. <laughs> Gives me hope. If they're evolving, I, I might be okay. <laughs> I got to go on record and say this now, okay? What? Please stop playing that song for Christmas. Okay, it, Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen is not a Christmas tune. It is not a Christmas tune. So people, please stop putting on your Christmas rotations. Okay, I'm done. Do you notice I've turned my pillow around? No, I haven't Look seen at it. I, I, that's hilarious. Thank, bring thankful back. Bring thankful back. I'll get some heat for that tomorrow. You know the organ grinder monkeys? What?